Thank you, everyone, for listening to Prairie Doc Radio. I am Joni Holm. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner. We have Dr. Rick Holm in studio. He's an internal medicine physician, and we take questions of a medical nature. If you'd like to call us at 692-1430. Ooh, it is early. We're, we're in early. Yeah, we'll have an extra couple of seconds here. Wow. So um, our your television show tomorrow night is on endocrine issues, which right. includes diabetes. So that kind of gives people a, a direction with questions. And we do have a question from last week about diabetes. But let's uh, just have you introduce the subject for us, Rick. Right. Endocrine. So the endocrine system, mm-hmm. or systems as, as it is, is, is hormonal. It is... Uh, feedback loop hormonal stuff okay and so what kind of where do the hormone where are hormones made hormones are made in the adrenal gland you know the adrenaline and the noradrenaline systems or the sympathetic and parasympathetic on top of the kidneys right Uh, epinephrine up above the kidney epinephrine nephron Oh, yeah. And so the adrenal glands. Adrenal, I'm thinking. Yeah. Adrenal. On top adrenal. of the renal. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Adrenal, mm-hmm. epinephrine. So um, uh, then there's the kidneys that put out uh, hormones, antidiuretic hormones. They put out a hormone that stimulates the bone marrow to, to, uh, to make red cells when the, there's not enough red cells. And when there's enough... It turns off that system. So it's it's always on and off systems, turning off systems, mainly by proteins that are made. Uh, okay, you take the adrenal gland, uh, or you take the um, p- pancreatic gland. Pancreas makes insulin, which drives sugar into each cell and brings energy in, and it can turn that system off. It has something to do with making fat cells. Uh, you look at uh, the uh, gastrin uh, uh, hormones that are uh, and th- that stimulate the stomach and the small intestine, uh, off and on uh, systems of absorbing food, not absorbing food. Uh, you look at the pituitary, which is the master uh, gland that that tells the the thyroid to turn on and off. It tells the uh, uh, growth hormone uh, to to occur. Uh, it has everything to do with sexuality, uh, turning on and off uh, uh, sexual uh, uh, issues. It has to do with woman's uh, time to ovulate. It has to do with the woman's time to deliver a baby, um, time to... Uh, uh, Where exactly is that pituitary gland located? The, you know, you have the brain that sits on top of, uh, you know, within the skull. Mm-hmm. And within the skull right up there next to uh, the, the nose, up. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The smell uh, nerves come through uh, in a bunch of little tiny nerves that punctuate through the base of the brain, but right behind that area where, where the, um, the, these little nerves are pushing through the skull, there is also a little bit of a saddle, kind of a teardrop-shaped, uh, hole in gl- the hole in the skull that the gland sits in, and it's got two parts. It's 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 um, there's the uh, front and the back part of the pituitary, and they have different 
uh, controls. Functions. But it's just, it goes on and on. The whole issue of the turning off and turning on of the systems of the body, the feedback loops uh, are hormonal. And um, when we think hormones, we almost always think of testosterone, you know, coming from the, from the testicles, which are stimulated by the pituitary gland. Um, and uh, we think about uh, the, the adrenal, adrenaline hormones, and we think about the insulin hormones, and we think about the thyroid. Thyroid's the, the, the one that's probably pretty classic and pretty understandable. The thyroid puts out um, levothyroxine, which is the thing that turns on metabolism, makes us active and excited to go, and then it slows down uh, and, and, and turns things off. So when you have enough thyroid or too much thyroid, you're too excited. When you don't have enough, you get really groggy and sleepy and not very, uh, your metabolism is turned down. And a lot of that has to do with saving, um, uh, saving your, your, uh, your, your system when you're starving, for example. Uh, so anyway, what happens is the thyroid is controlled completely by the pituitary. The thyroid stimulating hormone, the TSH of the pituitary, goes up. The, the thyroxine is released from the thyroid. The thyroid gets the message by bloodstream from the pituitary that it needs more thyroid, so it makes more thyroid. When there's too much thyroid, the TSH turns off. It says, got too much. Homeostasis is the magical turning off and on word that they use uh, for making everything balanced. So, so the, when you have a measurement of thyroid function, I will measure the TSH in you. And when it's high, it means your thyroid is not making enough. And when it's low, then it may, means that you have too much. And so when the thyroid gets sick and starts making too much, TSH goes low. When the thyroid gets sick and is making, isn't making enough and isn't responding to the pituitary, then the TSH goes up thyroid stimulating hormone so right. it's stimulating trying to produce trying to make it and so it moves in the opposite direction of what you have yeah so Let, the, let's uh take, a break, take a break here as, yes as before we let yes before <laughs> we let rick confuse us anymore let, we'll okay. be right back and we hope that you will consider giving us a call about endocrine issues Thank you for joining us for Prairie Doc Radio. This is Joni Holm filling in for Joan Hogan, and we have Dr. Rick Holm in studio. So as we're talking about all these endocrine glands, uh, it's an endocrinologist who works with this system is an internist who specializes. Correct. Because this is very, I mean, it's involved with every single system in the body. Right. It's, it's, it really is. And, uh, and so you, you know, there's so much to know that it's nice to have a specialist who's got it down. And when you find somebody who has a uh, abnormality, it's, it's nice. I had a person who had Cushing syndrome, which means that uh, uh, she was making too much steroid. <coughs> so she had um, hydrocortisone that her, her body was making too much of. When you have too much steroid, <clears throat> that's another fabulous hormone that that uh, that controls. Well, we use it all the time in medicine. It, it turns on and off inflammation, and uh, and it waxes in its highest level, um, generally, 
uh, like four or five in the morning, and then it or no, it, in four in the afternoon, and it waxes lowest at about three, four, five in the morning when you're asleep, and that's when heart attacks occur because you've uh, uh, of that. Isn't does that regulate your temperature as well? It regulates it's, it's temperature is the lowest at that time of day generally. Right, it drops in the night when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. When it accentuates. That's another story. I don't want to go Okay, okay. Let's let's go to our question because it it is so important with this discussion. This was from last week, and um, so thank you, caller, for sending this in. Please discuss the various forms of diabetes. So the way we used to think was there was mechanical diabetes, like somebody had destroyed their their, their pancreas by alcohol or by a car accident. Uh, There is... um, parturition diabetes or, or uh, uh, pre- the, preg- the diabetes of pregnancy, which is to say that the person's probably got a kind of a weakened uh, pancreas uh, from type 2 that hasn't quite came, come out but will come out if she gets obese, but it comes out because she's pregnant and it's a huge demand of her body when the pregnancy is occurring and the diabetes occurs. It goes away when you deliver the baby. But it's probably going to happen that you're going to get it when you get older or if you gain weight. A lot of people after pregnancy, by the way, do gain weight uh, for unknown reasons. We don't hormones. Know. Hormones. There <laughs> it is. It's a metabolism. It really is. Um, diabetes insipidus. Diabetes insipidus is not diabetes uh, with in, having anything to do with sugar. Right. It has more to do with losing water. And so it is related to a hormone that is made in the kidney. But as far as types, that might come up in someone's mind. Right. But really, let's talk about type 1 and type 2. That's what and that's what's left. We're okay. gonna, that's where I was moving in that direction. Type 1 uh, used to be called juvenile onset. And it is where the pancreas is pooped out, completely gone. Doesn't make, I mean, it works for everything else. But the beta, bet cells, the beta cells of the the beta cells of the pancreas are killed by our immune system. Some reason or another, uh, when you're a, a juvenile, you know, maybe th- three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen, twenty, 10, 11, 12, 15, 20, uh, you have an infection of some kind, probably a viral infection, sometimes a measles. And the no, immune. Anymore. Well, it used to be thought <laughs> of as be. measles. Mm hmm. And the measles or the virus, for one reason or another, triggers your immune system, and your immune system kills your beta, your beta cells of the pancreas. And the result is you have no insulin. And it used to be that people would die. And but with, without and insulin. Banting and Best from Canada, two, two scientists in dogs, discovered those cells and then defined the hormone insulin was able to find a way to take cow pancreas and make insulin and and they injected insulin into this young man who had type 1 diabetes used to be called juvenile onset and he lived till he is mid 70s uh, taking insulin you know according to whenever he ate it was the classic, all you had was the fast-acting insulin. It wasn't long-acting or anything like that. They just took insulin whenever he had food and, um, and lived a nor- almost a normal life. Didn't seem to have as many of the complications that diabetics can have. And type 2? 
Type 2 diabetes is more inherited. Now it's interesting, type 1 diabetes, if you have an identical twin and one of the twins, 12-year-old girl, comes down with diabetes mellitus type 1, the other child has a 50% chance of getting diabetes type 1 within the next year. But if she doesn't, then that identical twin has the chance of getting diabetes just like she had not had a twin with it. So it's just that first year? Because of that viral infectious exposure to something that triggers the immune system. Wow. But then it goes away if you don't get it. Isn't that something? Therefore, they say it's not an inherited deal, but there's something about an immune system-driven um, problem and you are, have inherited that particular trigger but if you don't get exposed to whatever it is that causes the insulin and your, uh, the, the diabetes then you're you're okay type 2 however is is familial if you have a parent or two parents in particular with um, with diabetes type 2 not type 1 type 2 then you have something like 80% penetrance as they say, or that there's an 80% chance that you will have type 2 diabetes. And that is that your, your pancreas just kind of generally slowly poops out uh, over, t over your lifetime. And um, most people don't need as much uh, insulin um, as others who, uh, who stress their bodies. The stresses are pregnancy, but the stresses are also obesity. Obesity causes insulin resistance. You need to make a lot of insulin. Uh, you need to make more insulin. You need to make more insulin as the weight goes up. And, and as you get older, your, your pancreas poops out. Sometimes you need, it poops out enough that you just need to add insulin. Most of the time you can stimulate it to make insulin or you can block or you can make the insulin work better by the me medicines that we have now for type two. Bob, you had a question. I was just wondering, so often you'll see people who are overweight with diabetes, okay? So does the weight drive the disease or does the disease drive the weight? And um, I mean, that's a really good question. Uh, most of the time it's the disease drives the, 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 the weight drives the disease. The weight causes insulin resistance you, and your pancreas has to increase the amount of insulin it makes and it just can't do it. Is it because that person then has is hosting more cells, fat cells, that yes. then make a greater demand of? Yep. Okay. And fat demands more insulin than the other cells of the body. So would it stand to reason then that if you lost a bunch of weight, that that would be beneficial for people who are suffering? Oh, huge. If you take, I, I can't tell you, people will come in. So I discovered diabetes in this young gentleman. You know, he's 40 and he weighs 250 and he's five. And, and that's not an unusual scenario. I see that a lot. And so what do you do? You say, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to lose weight. You need to get exercising. And let's just see how you do it without any medicine. Um, and the, it, the exercise alone is the most important thing um, because it, you use up... Uh, 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 it, it makes the cells sensitive to the insulin. That's what it is. And so um, the second part of it is if you drop the size of the cells, the fat cells, then it's much easier to get the insulin 
into the cell to make it work better. So the, the, and the muscle cells and so on and so forth. But the point I'm making is, no question about it, weight loss and exercise go hand in hand and uh, can make a diabetic into a non-diabetic. Now, it might be over time that that person's diabetes will peak out again. And they'll, uh, and, uh, but uh, it, is, it is so important. It can certainly hold off on having to take medicine at times. Right. And if you think about it, uh, why do we, are we so concerned about mild diabetes? Well, the, the glycosylation, you know, the sugar that's in the cells, causes atherosclerosis. So atherosclerosis is a natural aging process. Uh, if it goes too fast and then hits the coronary arteries, then you have a heart attack. If it hits the carotid arteries or the arteries in the brain, you have a stroke. Yeah, so people who have diabetes have a higher incidence of all of those aging things where you gradually uh, you know, stroke out or heart attack or kidney fails or your muscles get weak and everything scars down. That's the process of aging that will occur eventually if you get old enough. Uh, and, um, and the diabetes is uh, something that makes you prematurely age. So you want to you wanna get that sugar down so that they don't start aging. All right. On that note, we will take our second break. We do welcome your questions at 692-1430. This is Prairie Doc Radio, and we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio. This is Joni Holm. I'm filling in for Joan Hogan today, and we have Dr. Rick Holm in studio. We welcome your questions at 692-1430. Uh, we n- want to wrap up on diabetes. We do have another question that has come in, but go ahead and, uh, and talk about the epidemic of diabetes that you were mentioning in the break. Well, uh, we have more obesity in America, or the U.S. of A., than anywhere else in the world. Uh, it is uh, affluenza. <laughs> affluenza, and but it's interesting that if you go to inner city Atlanta, where it is economically terrible, there's Poverty. more. The th- there's skinny men and f- and heavy women. Heavy women. And it, it is in that way also found in poor countries. Who knows when affluenza occurs. Uh, the men get heavy. Well, certainly the uh, uh, that doesn't explain the difference in men and women, but the food deserts and the lack of nutritious food that is sometimes a situation for people who have lower income and they're not eating right. the fresh fruits and vegetables and they're eating the more of the fast foods. Well, you know we, you know what you, uh, most of us can w- will say, I know why obesity occurs in America. It's and then they'll say we aren't exercising enough, or they'll say it's the fast food, and or it's the c- processed carbohydrates, or it's the alcohol that we drink too much of, or it's the whatever. Our kids aren't outside, or I mean, everybody has an opinion. It's all. It's probably all of those, <laughs> but it might be the way we feed our babies. Uh, it might be the prenatal experience and how we feed our, our pregnant mothers. Uh, maybe it is 
uh, some kind of pesticide that's in our... I mean, we don't know. It's too bad the children study at SDSU. That is exactly the point I want. Went away, because that would have helped us to understand so much about early childhood. It, it, it was this fabulous study the mm-hmm. government had funded. It was a, a very expensive study, but it was looking very hard at all of the exposures that our prenatal babies and our young children, young children and... Uh, the wisdom of our legislature took it away. And it, it, they had started it. National. National legislators. Right. And uh, it was expensive. And they said, well, you know, I, I don't even want to go. It just makes, it just burns my butt because it was, part of it was also that the a center, one of the top centers in the country, one of the top 10 centers was right here in Brookings at, through SDSU. And, uh, Dr. Bonnie Specker. Dr. Bonnie Specker, who's been a guest on this show many times. But yeah. long and the short of it is we don't know why people have, we're having this epidemic that's going to cost our health care system, our legislators, our government, and the, and the happiness and the health of our people because of the, the obesity epidemic, that the cause of which we don't understand, and the diabetes that will follow that. Yeah, we would have... It, the Potential for driving down that rate of diabetes could be so valuable, and you know we're not there. Um, I do need to change topics okay. and at least get to this question. If we have time, we can go back to diabetes. But uh, we have a question: A 67-year-old woman uh, called in saying that she walks daily. Yay! Um, but her. one of her kneecaps locks up in the morning, and then after she is, has any prolonged sitting, can you tell her a, a little bit about what's going on and what she should do about this? Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, a kneecap is really an interesting part of our uh, anatomy. You know, it's this cover to protect your knees from the the trauma of uh, getting down on your knees or falling. Bangs and booms. And bangs and, and booms. You know, it's a protector. I think that's its main deal. And it slides um, in a slot that, that the our anatomy allows and provides uh, and it is, you know, this knee that we have is this wonderful hinge joint. It just, it's stable as all can get, get out. It just swings one direction. It goes up to another and then it locks, stops at a certain point. So you can only go straight. You don't go where your knee Hyper-extend. goes. Hyperextend. You know, you it stops and then it swings and it allows us this locomotion that is, you know, what makes us be able to be mobile and uh, function. The knee is a wonderful joint and it's very stable because of that part of it. And the kneecap is the cover and it slides in this little groove and it protects the delicate parts of that knee. So sometimes there's arthritis that occurs in that kneecap where it's sliding so importantly on that hinge. Sometimes it's because when they were a kid Somebody pushed the kneecap to the side and it popped out. And you can, I know somebody who just told me this last week. Hers pops out every once in a while. She pushes it back in and then off she goes. Mm-hmm. Like the go- golfer whose ankle mm-hmm. has it just slipped out. off to the side. He popped it back in because it's happened a million times. And he's lost his stability because he did it, injured it earlier. And then that area was too lax, didn't get protected. So arthritis is like just the wearing out of a joint. So that kneecap, and, and it for shouldn't some occur, reason. Right, that kneecap, it shouldn't occur. It occurred because of an accident or something. 
But now you were saying, sorry, I no, that's all. Just, just to explain, you know, what does that mean? It's just a, a, a for some reason, there's a little more wear and tear than right. someone else's, or than her other knee, in fact. Yeah. So what I, I suspect is that there is some arthritis that's grooving and digging and destroying the kneecap, and it's going to make it worse. And so the options for treatment are. Yeah, I think it's a mechanical treatment you get a scope in there you find the where it's where it's uh, rubbing wrong and or maybe a ligament needs to be tightened and fixed you have a good orthopedic surgeon as your uh your uh, your healer and uh and she or he can fix it and make you better and let give you an extended time and i wouldn't wait too long well and i just uh produced a uh, radio ad about the, our new physician, Dr. Mark Mayer. So you'll be hearing that, but let's just promote that we have a new orthopedic surgeon. We also have Dr. Moriarty here at in Brookings. And, and we have s- other doctors that come into town, sure, too. The sure. OI people and the people from Sanford and the people from, uh, what is the other group? It's um, Orthopedic Institute. Oh, that's OI. OI. No, it's CORE. CORE. So uh, this person should find one. Yes, yeah, prod to, to your primary care yeah, provider and see is. who they recommend, yeah. and uh, get this knee looked at. And maybe it's something that can be rehabbed without surgery, but maybe it would need more. Sounds like it might need more. Um, so there it is. Well, I think we have time for our third uh, break, and then we'll be right back to finish up. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Prairie Doc Radio. We have a couple of seconds left. Rick, tell us about the on-call with the Prairie Doc tomorrow night. We have uh, Dr. Mark Oppenheimer, who is an endocrinologist. You know, his work is thyroid, diabetes, and they, the endocrinologists have taken over, you know, the master cholesterol type of a thing, which I kind of think is overdone. But anyway... Uh, but he does handle these other complicated things that the people, the kids that may not be uh, growing, growing right. There might be a growth hormone deficiency. Uh, people whose uh, sexual function is not right. They transgender might, individuals. Transgender issues. Uh, um, what What do you need to do? Why would you do it? What are the things to do to to, to transition? Push into a direction of. Uh, sexual that's different you know it's interesting for example there is a trend there is a a man a a child who's born with uh smaller male genitalia but the testicles are not descended and they're way up inside and they're not making the right hormones so that um it's ambiguous you don't know whether it's a male or a female at birth actually their testicles up inside and so you end up deciding most of the time uh, to give the person female hormones and allow her to, to, to be a woman instead of a man. Uh, and it's one of those t- tough decisions parents need to make. And, you know, if you decide the men, then you've got to go through all this surgery and then the man is going to have things that won't work and there's risks and so on and so forth so we need an endocrinologist so you need an endocrinologist in that case and there probably are pediatric endocrinologists but i'll give you an example jamie lee curtis was one of those who was actually genetically a male and uh, isn't she a sexy lady i keep thinking of her in uh, what was a wanda a fish named wanda 
and uh, how sexy she was. She is. She's a sexy lady. But there it is. Transition is one of those things your brain goes flip-flop. I can see Bob is struggling with that image himself. Oh, she was in a movie called Close to Perfect, you may recall. Oh, I know. Yeah. Don't know that movie. Uh, but but you want to see it now. <laughs> it's nice that people have options yes. and that we have medical experts to help us out on these things. It's tough um, issues. But particularly, we'll be talking about diabetes. So we we'll hope you will join us tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Public TV, yes. for Rick and Dr. Oppenheimer. Mark Oppenheimer. Thanks and so much, Joni. Yeah, and uh, Joan will be ne- back next, next week. week. Yeah, We thank everyone for listening, and we hope you will tune in next week and send in your medical questions um, online or on the phone, or you can call KBRK even during the week and leave a question. So we thank you for listening. Thank you, and stay healthy out there, people. <laughs>